I'm Tim Slusher. And I'm Chris Fuller. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Vinyl Pizza. Hello and welcome to episode two of Vinyl Pizza, season two. Good job. I should have burst in with that. <laughs> like spontaneous combustion. <laughs> we are uh, we're back again for a second time so far. So far. <laughs> so far. Um, we've got a pretty fun interview coming up with uh, some friends of ours, uh, originally from Boston. Or that's where they were when I knew them. I think they're originally from Miami. Mm. Uh, they're Cuban, of Cuban descent. They are. I believe you. Uh, and uh, now they're living in Los Angeles, the rock and roll lifestyle. Um, uh, Jen and Henry from Aloud. It's a great band. We're going to talk to them later on. We are going to discuss some uh, a pretty heated topping today the people who've been snubbed from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's um, an extensive list. It is an extensive list. And it's it's kind of like award shows to me. It's it's a very subjective thing as far as those people are giving out the award, but a lot of it's common sense. Yeah. Like if you're going to have if you're going to have this honor, at least have it make sense. At least be consistent with what you're applying it to. Right. And I think that's where a lot of diehard music fans take umbrage with uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, myself, I do. I like to get offended uh, <laughs> by things I can't change. <laughs> well, and uh, it's one of those, um, is it political? Right. Is it a sense that it's uh, based on nomination because of members? Like, right. I don't think that, I, I personally don't know enough about it. I mean, like when you're looking at like the Grammys, you know, people yeah. vote on that. There's a kind of... A bunch a, of old white guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... What's what's the deal with this, or is it like the Walk of Fame where you get a star, but you have to be nominated? Somebody has to pay for that. Like, I feel like they're, I, I don't know enough about the rules, but yeah, I feel like maybe music writers vote on it. But what the hell do music writers know? <laughs> nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. So yeah, so I mean, we were discussing this when we were uh, getting ready for the show, and I mean, there's a lot of kind of what seemed to be obvious to me people or bands artists that are not in and then there are a lot of bands that are in that i'm like what the fuck right like how does i mean don't get me wrong i love abba i believe i've said this on the show before that i love abba but why the fuck are they in the rock and roll hall of fame and not the pixies i totally agree with that so there's a long long list long list i'm gonna throw out just a few okay on this list of of snubs so I, I don't think it's all absolutely correct because some of these have been added in the last year tribe called quest i don't think they're in they're not in so that's bad company yeah barry white radiohead radiohead red hot chili peppers are in the rock and roll hall of fame which is terrible radiohead not in the rock it, and that should have never happened the cure yeah uh depeche mode the doobie brothers the arithmics i mean graham parsons is not in. See, again, I mean, it's one of those things. It's what's your criteria? Is it selling a lot of records? Right. Because uh, some of these bands have sold a lot of records. Abba sold a lot of records. Is it how influential you were in the world of music? Because, you know, there's not a lot of these bands that are in the Hall of Fame, they wouldn't be there without the MC5. Right. They wouldn't be there without the Dead Boys. I mean, if Green Day's in the Hall of Fame and the Dead Boys are not in the Hall of Fame, that's stupid. It, it just, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston is not in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> which, again, critically acclaimed, also sells a lot of records. Right. 
much like Radiohead. Well, and then, and then are they making these uh, criteria being well that she's she's not really a, a rock and roll person? She's as much rock and roll as ABBA, which I agree. But but like, what are their is, is there yeah. is there's this stipulation that they've put up that nobody knows about? <laughs> you know, like did Whitney comes... Houston wrong you somehow? Right. <laughs> and like that, you're just trying to keep her out. Like that doesn't make any sense. No, it, it doesn't. It would lead some to understand if it was uh, that way like we're, right but like if you exclusively left out people who were not commercially successful okay they didn't make the hall of fame maybe right. not everybody knows who sonic youth is they should but maybe they don't right so okay but that's not the criteria because they put in obscure stuff exactly they just don't they're not consistent no they're not it's consistent ridiculous. at all which we were going through the list earlier in 2000 and I believe it was 12, uh, which we were talking about, uh, Laura Nero, who most right. people have no clue who she is, yeah. was not, uh, didn't sell a lot of albums, was mostly known for being a songwriter. And which, she's in as a performer. Right. <laughs> and she was inducted. So how does that person who most people have no clue who she is right. when there's no Whitney Houston? And, and no, I mean, Carol King is in as, we, we discussed as a non-performer yeah with somebody else with somebody else yes but who doesn't have a copy of tapestry i mean that's a classic record she you know she should be in there as a performer well there'd be no james taylor without right. King. there'd be no a lot of people yeah yeah it's i mean she was really one of those songwriters the tin pan alley you know group that eventually got popular as individual artists neil diamond mm -hmm. um you know that's it's kind of it's just kind of weird that they're not looking back at this and going, oh, man, these are some obvious things that we've missed. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, every, I mean, but and it's every year. <laughs> yeah, every year. Who got snubbed? Not who got in, but who got right, snubbed. Right, who got snubbed. Because that's the, I mean, that's the bigger conversation is why aren't these other people getting in? So do you want to give your list? Sure. Um, my list? Your, my my, my wow. one topic? I'm sorry, your so one topic. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> Notice to all future guests, you get to pick one. One. So as usual, I waffled, yeah. uh, but I did end up going with Big Star. All right, which is uh, a, a great choice. Because, yeah. I mean, as a, a really a cult band, yeah. but the majority of, of the people that were listening to them were musicians and right. so influential to so many bands. Um, I don't know how you leave Big Star out. Right. And that's one of those, I mean, it really is one of those kind of building block things. It's like, you can't have all these other bands in here without Big Star, because they wouldn't exist. Exactly. That sound wouldn't exist. That style of songwriting wouldn't exist. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's that's kind of an odd snub. I mean, they weren't really commercially successful. Um, but no, again, I'm... Like I, a, not a, you know, a lot of bands weren't, but... The, the the influence of Alex Chilton uh, is, I mean, it's undeniable. Right. And, well, and I didn't realize it even how uh, big of an influence he was until I really started, you know, talking to other musicians. Right. And I didn't know who Big Star was until I was in, I guess it was like 93 or something like that. I worked at Camelot Music and they were playing this song and I was like, what is this? Who is this? Yeah. And my manager came over and handed me an album and said, take it home and listen to it. This is Alex Chilton. Okay, <laughs> but I had no clue. I didn't know what Big Star was or who Alex Chilton was. Um, I knew who Alex Chilton was because there was a replacement song called right. Alex Chilton, <laughs> <laughs> and well, I, I knew I knew who he was because I knew the box tops. Yeah, um, I didn't know that's who he was, but I I knew the voice. I knew who he was. Um, I guess I was probably in my I don't know mid to late teens, mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah it's like oh well who's alex chilton this song is you know cool and then you look up and like oh i know this guy from the box tops and then you start seeing what else he's done and that's kind of how i got into big star was, yeah um which the replacements not in right right stupid <laughs> one of our former guests jason trevino is a huge uh big star fan yeah and i'm i actually know probably more big star songs because, because of, of him. him sharing big star songs on social media or right. whatever i believe they only had three yeah. studio records though i'm pretty sure that's it's a great documentary though if you watch it right on uh, i think it's on netflix still yeah so uh the song that we will be playing from my uh my choices tim's choice is uh probably not a very well-known song it's uh lady sweet by big star
So, uh, what's your pick? Well, I also waffled. This is the Waffle House. We should have called that show the Waffle House. <laughs> Make a damn choice. <laughs> the podcast. Um, you know, Big Star is a good choice. Um, MC5 is another one of those influential bands. There's not a, there's not punk music without MC5. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost went with some of the 80s stuff that's not in. Um, as I said, replacements aren't in. The Pixies aren't in. Sonic Youth isn't in. Without those bands, there's no Nirvana. There's no Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that was played on alternative radio in the 90s without yeah. those bands. Um, but I think the biggest snub for me um, is Warren Zevon. Yeah. Uh, he's not even nominated. He's never been nominated. He's been eligible since 94. Right. I saw that. And he's never been nominated. Um, and again, one of the most influential songwriters um of the 70s uh like everybody was covering him Mm -hmm. everybody was playing with him like if you look at his go back and look at his records uh you know in the 70s it was all jackson brown and uh linda ronstadt was covering him um you know kind of everybody that was that was big at that time members of the eagles they would play on his records Mm -hmm. in the 80s um when he did sentimental hygiene his backing band was uh rem um Minus Michael Stipe, who did sing, I think he sang on a couple of tracks, but Peter Buck and Mike Mills and uh, Bill Berry were uh, the core band for that. And then they also did a project together um, with Stipe and a couple, and another guy, uh, I want to say Brian Cook, um, called Hindu Love Gods, hmm. uh, where they did um, covers of old blues songs. And they also, but they also covered um, Raspberry Beret by Prince. Oh, okay. Uh, in like nine, I think they came out in ninety, early nineties, somewhere around then. Um, but I mean, he's just—he kind of gets overlooked a lot. I think I think some people consider him um, like novelty songs because of Where Was of London, oh, right. which is his only real hit on his own. It was—it wasn't top twenty. It was close though. It was a top forty hit, but I don't think it cracked the top twenty. Um, Excitable boy, like those that album. A lot of weirder stuff. So a lot of people are put off by that. But he really went through a down period in the seventies, late seventies, early eighties, where he was just kind of messed up on alcohol and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, he came back with Cinnamon Hygiene. I think was the first record he came back with. There may have been one before that, but I think that was the big kind of breakthrough. Um, and it had great songs on it. Detox Mansion. Um, I think Boo Boo Mancini is on that one. Um, but yeah, he kind of carried this. He picked up his his uh career again and like he would just kind of tour and play solo by himself on a piano um and he kind of built up that following again and uh, was it billy bob thornton i guess it was billy bob thornton who he became friends with i want to say they were living he was living with him Hmm. uh and they started recording again um and like tom petty and like members of the heartbreakers would come over and they would play um and he put out a string of records in the early 2000s um, that are heartbreakingly beautiful. Um, so the song we're going to play is from uh, the album that came out in 2000. Life Will Kill You. I think it's Life Will Kill You. Okay. Um, which came out two years before he was diagnosed with uh, mesothelioma. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see a lot of reflection um, and kind of regret in the songwriting on that record. 
um, before he even knew it was dying. Once he hits uh, my rides here, like I can't listen to that stuff without crying. Really? Because <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's dying and he knows right. it and he's writing about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was in the house when the house burned down is uh, my pick from Warren Zevon. All right. Shit till it all got smoked. I kept the promise till the vow got broke. I had to drink from the loving cup. I stood on the banks till the river rose up. I saw the bride in a wedding gown. I was in the house when the house burned down. Zivon came out as early as he did either. Like his self-titled record came out in '76, and that's what most people consider his first album. Um, but he actually did an album in 1969 called "Wanted Dead or Alive," and the guy who's credited with producing it is Kim Fowley, who founded the Runaways, oh. uh, amongst other things. He yeah. was a pretty prominent sleazebag. I mean, songwriter and <laughs> producer. Uh, but yeah, but apparently, but what I've read was that he he brought him in and they just hated each other, but he still did enough work that he got credit, but no one really pays attention to that record. Um, they consider the 76 self-titled. 
kind of the the start of that uh zivon yeah yeah i don't know he's i got my cousin to name her kid zivon you did congratulations on that thank you <laughs> look i'm gonna try to give the people some, a little class <laughs> a little class <laughs> so yeah so hall of fame i mean you have any other comments on like pearl jam is in not warren zivon we don't talk about Pearl Jam in this in this <laughs> parlor. We don't talk about Pearl Jam. Except David Dowsky. I know he did, and and we let it we let it go. But uh. look, I still stand by. <laughs> I like their first like three albums a lot. Um, you know they were fine until he ruined Last Kiss for me. Yeah, and that was it. Like after that, I just I, I was never a huge fan. After Last Kiss, that was just you know it was ruined for me. Did, Soundgarden's not in, right? Soundgarden didn't make it in this year. I don't. No. If you listen to the last episode, you'll know that Soundgarden was my pick for top hard rock. And if they're not in and Pearl Jam is, I'm going to be angry. They are not in. They're not in. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. You can't tell me Pearl Jam is a better band than Soundgarden. No. No. And you can't say they're more critically acclaimed or that they sold even really a lot more records because Soundgarden sold a lot of records. Right. And, and you know, looking at this list, there does seem to be, which is not unusual, um, a lot of female artists are missing yeah. from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, we, we talked about Whitney Houston, but... Um, Paula Abdul. Paula <laughs> Abdul, yes. Um, Janet Jackson. Oh, yeah, Janet. Um, let's see, uh, Mariah Carey, who may not be... No, she's eligible. I believe her first record came out in 90. Okay. Let's see who else we got. Pat Benatar. PJ Harvey. Uh, yeah, the Runaways. Yeah, Runaways not in. Uh, I mean, Joan Jett's in, I believe, as an individual. And that was fairly recent, I feel yeah. like. Tori Amos, which is questionable, but <laughs> but still, uh, yeah, no. it, it, those are, are you know notable female artists that are... That are well, even famous. when we talk Carol King, I mean, how is she not in as a performer? Right. Um yeah, there is there are some problems with the with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's the patriarchy. Yeah, men are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bjork, which we yeah. talked about, is also not in. I think it's pronounced Bjork. <laughs> oh, well, that would make sense. It's an Icelandic uh, spork. <laughs> they call it the Bjork. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's a wonderful artist. <laughs> Well, okay. Oh, and a lot of people like her. A lot of people do like I, her. I listened to the Sugar Cubes when I was young. That was her band. Before. Yeah, I, I remember the Sugar Cubes. Um, I'm not a, a fan, but yeah, yeah. I, it's just one of those things I can listen to it in small right portions, but otherwise, I mean, uh, if the, of the people I'm going to make an argument for the Hall of Fame, she's not. Not one. Not, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Not one of them. Not no. One of them. I think Bon Jovi's in the Hall of Fame. It's this year or last year, right? That they were inducted, uh, which. Not okay, in my opinion, considering all the people they've snubbed. Yeah. So if you're listening but. to this, anyone associated with a Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame, get your shit straight. <laughs> Seriously. What's up? <laughs> Stupid. And how do we go about nominating these other bands? Because yeah. maybe that's just what needs we to should, happen. Let's just do our own Hall of Fame. Right. <laughs> Vinyl Pizza Music Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. We're going to start that. If you have anybody you'd like to nominate <laughs> for the Vinyl Pizza Music Hall of Fame, um, send a self-addressed stamped envelope. No, wait. Do people still use stamps? I yeah. don't think so. Just sure send us an do. email. Stop <laughs> killing trees, you sons of bitches. I mean, if they want like a picture of us or something, they need to send a self-addressed <laughs> stamp envelope. Just send me your um. number and I'll, <laughs> I'll text you. 
That's gross. That they're gonna get a whole different kind of photo that way. That's but true. anything else going on musically? Uh, we got some albums coming out uh, this week that we're looking forward to. So uh, some hot slices will be yeah coming up coming up in the future. We're looking um, at what Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Drops, Bishop Briggs has uh, a new record coming out. Uh, Mobley has a new album as well. It's a busy month. Um, yeah, so some good stuff coming up. So yeah. Um, I hope you enjoy our uh, interview with Aloud. They're a really cool rock and it's roll a, band. It's a good interview. I, uh, stick around for it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. We want to welcome to the Vinyl Pizza Parlor via Skype phone call, uh, Henry and Jen, or Jen and Henry from Aloud. Hello. Hola. Welcome. Hola. <laughs> so, so who is the wait? Who is the front person of the band? Like, whose name should I be saying first? Jen's. I think it's Jen. Yeah. I mean, it rolls off the tongue better. Yeah. I think. Uh, but you know, no, there's no, there's. I mean, it's we're we're front persons. Yeah. Front persons. And, I mean, know, whatever. You're you're yeah. like two months older than I am. So. Right. So I get no seniority. We're we're literally thirty seconds in, and he's already throwing her age out there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the just for the listening audience, you're married, right? So that's, you can do that. Every year um, feels like an eternity, so whatever. <laughs> this is gonna stop. <laughs> this is gonna be our first interview to turn violent. <laughs> oh man, it's a shame. Not witnessing like, it. Yeah. We had uh, had Charles, our bass player, here like maybe 20 seconds before uh, the interview started, so that that could have been an interesting, like you know. Oh, we could have made him choose. Like, yeah, he could have yeah. been like, you know, the child in the scenario who like has to decide whether mommy or daddy is right. Yeah. I always get that one wrong. I always, <laughs> I'm just saying, I've had to make that choice. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It is a lot of pressure for an 11 year old boy. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> Never mind. So, you guys, uh, when I first uh, met you, you guys were playing out of Boston. Um, right part of a pretty good scene up there uh recently you've relocated to sunny los angeles um Jeez. shit yeah last year <laughs> how is that uh how's that working out best winter of my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> yeah how many times were you snowed in in los angeles oh, fuck man oh in uh, los angeles yeah, yeah. i like you yeah. know Never. like negative negative five yeah so what what prompted that move you know, I think it's it, it's funny. We've been asked this a few times. It is like a culmination of a lot of things. You know, it's like anything else. Life wears on you. There's never necessarily like yeah. one thing that's a turnaround. But there's always there is always a moment where you know the straw just kind of breaks the camel's back, right? Yeah. yeah. And that was certainly two years ago when we had that ridiculous three, three years ago now where we had that ridiculous winter where it was just like record breaking snow. And Within a week. It was like every Monday I was like snowed in and then had to figure out how to get to wherever I had to go. And it took two hours every fucking morning and then your car out and all that sort of shit. And it was just like, this is fucking bullshit hard. Why am I doing this? <laughs> it, it wasn't just the snow, but it's become a very convenient avatar for, man, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I think, you know, that shit just wears you down after a while. And it's just like, wow, it actually doesn't have to be this hard. I don't have to pay yeah. so much rent. I don't have to dig my car out and deal with this shit and, and be unhappy. And, like, I think what started to happen is before, the weather didn't really affect me, right? In my 20s, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't a big deal. And it was kind of fun and exciting. And I got into my 30s and I was like, now I think I have seasonal uh, 
What is that? Suppression. Uh, yeah. Because I would just not leave the house. I wouldn't see people, like, unless I, you know, absolutely had to. Like, so it was, uh, I don't know, it was just one of those things where it's like, I don't really want to live like this. Like, for me, it actually puts me down. Now it has, right? So I was just like, we just, I don't know. I, I told Henry after that winter, I was like, I don't know what your plans are, but I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and apparently Charles, uh, uh, for, for those who don't know, in podcast land, our bass player, Charles, uh, not to be confused with our drummer Charles or our manager Charles, but he was like, he was like thinking of like moving out here at the same time too. And it's sort of a similar thing. It's like, well, I'm, I'm heading out. So, um, I think we were yeah. all just feeling that at yeah. the time. That was a big deal, you know? And I, and I think maybe, you know, we'd all been living in Boston for a long time and we really loved it. I think it's just like, you know, you maybe you, you turn into you're somebody in your 20s and you grow and you're somebody else in your 30s and whoever we are right now this is where i guess we needed to be yeah that's just all it is it's just it's a fit thing you know like what what the fit is for you at that moment it doesn't make boston bad or terrible or any of those things <laughs> or it's not a we're not saying that it doesn't either though <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying I, mean, I didn't not say that i did it not is, say that it's home you know what i mean yeah um oh. uh, that's What's I the, always think of Boston as home instead of Miami, where we were born and raised, because that's where we became yeah. adults. You right. know, that was real people. You know, what's uh, what's the major differences in the scene in LA as opposed to Boston? Have you guys? I mean, do you guys know a bunch of other bands in LA yet? Uh, yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of Boston bands. <laughs> a lot of Boston bands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even kidding you. No, there. there's a lot of that, but there's there's yeah. a really good scene happening in like Echo Park and Highland Park. There's a lot of bands playing good music. Like we we go out to shows all the time here, um, and they have like a bunch of like Monday night residencies that are free, and mm. they're packed every Monday. Yeah. You know, people go out and like to these you know free residencies, and you know it's they're really fun shows, and there's a lot of good bands. Um, so I mean I'm pretty I'm happy with it, you know. Yeah, I've actually found a couple of bands uh, from you guys on Twitter because of, mm. like retweet the stuff. Uh, Modern Huge and Tiny Stills. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Charo, for sure. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Modern Huge. We actually uh, so we we know Charo through another friend of ours. It was like this weird like small world yeah. sort of thing. I think she was from Boston. Yeah, it's, it's another Boston Berkeley. connection. Yeah, um, I mean I think yeah. the the biggest difference really, Chris, is that. Um, I, I think that L.A. right now, anyway, with the rock scene is kind of where Boston was for us at the best point, like right. a few years ago. It's There were a lot more venues in Boston. There were a lot more people writing about bands in Boston. There were more managers in Boston, like managing bands. There were, like, small independent labels in Boston. And, you know, what's happening here in L.A. is, like, those things exist. There's just that many more venues, places to play, um, acts to play with, people are managing bands out here. You know, so our publisher is out here, and you think, oh, it's your publisher, or whatever, you know. <laughs> These guys go out to shows. In, in that accent. They go out to shows, and they play in bands, and, and they're active in the scene, you know right. what I mean? So all that industry stuff is still connected to what's on the ground, and that's how that stuff gets elevated. And that's how ideally it should work. And you had that in a place like Seattle years ago, and Athens, and all those places, you know? Yeah. So, you, so you're saying L.A. is the next big thing? I don't know if it's that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's It'll never happen. Now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it gives me the freedom now to, to, to grow a ponytail and become an enormous <laughs> douche. Oh, so <laughs> wearing socks and sandals. Yeah. But, <laughs> fuck just, you. Yeah, just channeling, <laughs> channeling my grandpa. Just like, yep. you know, socks and sandals and, you know. 
Oof. I'm just kidding. Grounds for divorce. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So uh, you guys, the, the, now, the, did your drummer relocate as well? Or he no? did not. He, he did, did not. not. So he just yeah. like phones in his parts for shows or... <laughs> no, fuck, we got a new guy. You have like a Skype up there, and he's just drumming. Yeah, it's like, no, we we do we do mischeck. We we still we still keep him in, in the loop. Yeah, you know, he's, he's yeah. Uh, yeah as, as with all you know, fifteen or sixteen of our other drummers. <laughs> you're kind of Boston. You're kind of Boston Spinal Tap, right? We really are. Oh, yeah, just we just really rotating are. drummers in and out. Yeah, to the point where uh, so our producer uh, uh, Benny, who's in Boston, like he. He uh he drummed for us for for a minute like filling in and like we had this rule where it's like if it's more than two shows, yeah, we're counting you. You're yeah. counting. And like a handful, so it's like but but like Chuck was still playing with us, so it's like are you like sixteen <laughs> B right. or, or you know it's uh, right simultaneously sort of happening. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, we've got a great guy, Chris Jago, who's uh, drumming for us now. Um, awesome dude, like gung ho about the whole band situation. Mm -hmm. and he's from that. Liverpool. He's from Liverpool. Yeah. Nice. Um, Add some so class to the band. Wait, it gets better, though. His house in Liverpool was actually across the street from Ringo's house, which is hilarious. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. So it's, it's a funny things, you know. Yeah, but he's great. And we've got, you know, a two-piece horn section um, playing with us as well, uh, these latest shows. So we're, you know, when we play in town, we're, we're a six-piece band now. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you have a – you've always had a kind of a really rich – full band sound uh, on your records mm, thanks um, man which uh, hey we should talk about your new record uh, what a segue <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm terrible well, you know, hey. <laughs> speaking of things <laughs> let's talk about another one yeah. <laughs> so you guys have a new record coming out uh, do you have a release date for that uh no we do not okay Wait, no we do have a record coming out we do yeah. not have a release date yet but we were uh uh, we we're just, just had having... a meeting about it today before uh, yeah. before talking to you guys actually. Yes. So yeah, the album's the album's finished. Uh, Are you it, shopping um, it or? Yeah. What's we're, the plan yeah. Here? So I mean, basically, what we're doing right now is we're we're just trying to build ourselves up out here, you know. Yeah. So uh, we're putting out a new single um, for uh, "Falling Out of Love." It's the A side, and the B side is "Empty House." And that's it's a seven-inch vinyl single, and then it's going to be out digitally as well, and all that. And there'll be a uh, a video and all that stuff. This ain't easy, but I've made up my mind. I'm smashing your mirror, I'd sooner go blind. Well, I don't know what I can do. I keep
So that's what we're pushing right now. And we're going to be releasing more stuff from the upcoming record mm -hmm. throughout the year, videos and stuff like that. So, like, you know, we're just trying to build everything around the record, you know, right. kind of get some anticipation going. And then, and then, you know, eventually it'll be out. So, right and then we're going to do all this over again. But, you know, I mean, we just, <laughs> like, it, right. Well, it, this is the album yeah. cycle, right? So, we, yeah. right now, we're just trying to play as much as possible. We've got plans for some tours coming up um, that I, I guess I won't divulge in case they don't happen. <laughs> But they will, so whatever. You can, you can. We're opening for Radiohead. I'll name a bunch of cities at the end of this podcast. You can put the ones in there. Just start reciting. Constantinople. Right, Constantinople. Yeah, Russia. Timbuktu. Yeah, no. So it's it's, but you know, that's our plan. Is like to play a bunch and just kind of get ourselves really going out here on this side of things, and put out more music because. You know, I think that's something that's just more on our minds is just having more out there. Right. Uh, and we, we write a bunch anyway. It's just sometimes it takes fucking too long for this shit to come out to get all your ducks in a row. And, like, now we've got more people working with us so we can release music more frequently and, and kind of do the thing we want to do where we can put a record out every one and a half to two years mm -hmm. instead of, like, every four fucking years or something, you know? <laughs> Which is fucking stupid. It's like, what is yeah. this, the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> So yeah, well, it, was, it was funny because like after after it's got to be now, you know, because that one we th that took about like two years from when we finished recording it. And that was recorded live for God's sake, right? <laughs> it took like a week yeah. to make that record. Yeah. And uh it took like two years for that to come out because you know the same thing, you gotta you know, we gotta be patient and get you know, line everything up. And we were like, all right, like the next album we're not gonna wait four fucking years and it's been four years. <laughs> <laughs> we you uh, just we started recording this in Boston, right? We did this in Boston, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's been recorded exclusively there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we, uh, we that was like one of the last things we did, like wrapping that up before we uh, before we before we got it. here. Yes, it's it's done. And uh, I just for context, I say this as someone who grew up <laughs> Catholic and and every, think everything I do is garbage. Uh, <laughs> this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it was it was really great. You know, like like you know, some bands will put like produced by you know the band name, but like this was actually like you know with with Benny we produced it and like we spent all this time like coming up with the sounds and like you know it was really yeah there, there was uh, i mean you know we it just, was a joy to work on, right you know? and, and we just kind of got to that i mean you want to grow with every record it's right. like we've made you know a number of records now and you should be learning from that process right and it, every, i try not to learn anything yeah so you know it's and it, it starts at the songwriting point right it's like him and me going into it like knew, just knew a bunch more when we were just starting to write the songs mm -hmm. uh, so by the time we took it to the band it was in the best place that we could be that was the next you know just tighter songs and just and the next thing we wanted to do and we had this very grandiose big sound in our heads hence like the horn section yeah. and there's like a quartet in some of the songs and that sort of thing we just had a bigger expanse in that we were hearing and we were like, we have to put this on the record. We have to figure out how we're going to get horns on. We have to figure out how we're going to do string arrangements and get the strings on. And we, we did all that. And I think uh, between that and thinking about the drum sounds, and, and which we hadn't really done before, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, not before going in and or making a fly decision. Like we really, we had meetings about this shit just to make sure that it was what we wanted when we went in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously things still change once you go in, but it helped to have a really good idea of what we wanted instead of, like, kind of being on the spot and being like, oh, yeah. um, well, uh, make it sound like the color purple. 
Wait, wait, the Oprah yeah. movie? I actually didn't mean the color. I, yeah, I, I, I realized I didn't. Make, yeah. it, make it sound like an Academy Award winning film. <laughs> uh, yeah, on top of that, like specific. Benny. Uh, uh, no, on top of that, like Benny's like a, a an incredible engineer, so he just made that much more. Yeah, we got know. those sounds pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, um, so yeah, I, yeah. I think I think it's turned out really fucking great. I'm really proud of it, and I yeah. can't wait to fucking get it out there and just be on tour for as long as we can. You know, like yeah. maybe people will get to hear it. I don't know yet. Maybe. Well, hopefully. <laughs> so how do you? How did you guys? I mean, you, as a band, do you? Are you guys primarily the songwriters, or how does it work? That what's the dynamic there? Yeah, it's us. The, uh, yeah. You're the, the Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Henry and I have been writing since we were, like, teenagers together. Um, and so we, yeah, we write the songs. And then, you know, we'll do we'll do a demo of it or, you know, it, and it could be something as simple as, like, recording it on the iPhone or, or doing something in GarageBand or something more detailed. Depends on how many ideas we have in our heads or how, you know, controlling we want to be about it yeah which um, is not usually not very because we're also lazy. i mean it just depends you, you get a lot of ideas like for harmonies and things so we want to get that down and whatever else and it depends on how we're recording things e each album's going to be a bit different um so we'll have something we'll send it to the band and then we'll all get in the rehearsal space and kind of knock about a few ideas you know and again it varies song to song how long that takes like i remember back here with me again from the last record getting that down in like three passes we have that down yeah. and then other songs taking like a few months to really find their space you know yeah um yeah that's all i got consider yourself a, a lyrics person or a music person music person first i don't uh, i don't think it's either for either one of us it, right? it you know like for me anyway it like comes and goes like sometimes like uh like putting music together it's just like oh that's easy and it'll take me like five minutes and then I try to write lyrics and it's just like everything comes out like like garbage and it takes me a while and then sometimes like uh you know it's got to be now like I wrote that like in one weird thing like on a typewriter and you know, like you know, it, was, it, was, it was kind of were you writing it in the 30s yeah hello no it's it an electric typewriter so the 70s okay you know? right right I'm not a monster. <laughs> but, you know, I think I think all those like things they just kind of like trigger ideas. Like it, it's like when you get like a new guitar mm -hmm. and you automatically write a new song at that moment because it's like the guitar is just begging for this song to come out of it. Like those moments just kind of happen. You know, you just have a very clear idea of what the thing should sound like given what you know the guitar is capable of or whatever else. It, it was kind of the same thing when we used the typewriter. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, lyric wise, and it, you just have to kind of like introduce those things sometimes to like jumpstart you you know if you're having uh you know some kind of like right now it's like i like it's like i'm bleeding out music but like the 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 lyrics are a little harder to come by you know what i mean so you gotta you gotta let that sit for a little while you know it it, it just fluctuates some people are just way better at, right. at one thing or most of the time i think for us it just it goes in phases yeah. you know yeah, I mean, it's. I always try to find out the the process because, like, uh, Sean Fogel of Golden Bloom, uh, who mm. we had on our first season, uh, like he they record their entire song, the music, before he even writes lyrics to it. Like every yeah, time. Yeah, it's like uh, like Bowie. Bowie did that, right? Like yeah, which is to me is just nuts. Um, you know, I know other people <laughs> right. who. Um, yeah. Well, Adam Duritz mm -hmm. considers himself. I mean, he's a. Everybody would say he's a lyrics guy, but he's a, he's really a music guy. He starts with with music first 
before he writes right. lyrics. So it's what, yeah, I always, I always like to see how people come up with like the way they, they work, uh, what their process is. Um, yeah, I think for us, it's just whatever we're feeling. I guess, like, it just kind of, it's, it's, we're a bit chameleon, I guess, in that way. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's adaptable. Yeah. What's that? Adaptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it might set its course for, like, a particular album to be one way. And then, you know, something, it, I think it depends on what's inspiring us in that moment, you know? Yeah. Like, if we're listening to a lot of, like talking heads, it might be like, oh, I never thought about starting a songwriting that way if I'm reading about that. I never thought about that. I should try that, you know, or, or whatever else, you know, and it, it, things kind of lead you to a certain place and, and you get all these influences sometimes that you're listening to that have nothing to do with each other. And then it, it yeah, brings it out, out this new way. thing, you know? So um, what, what was the inspiration for this new record? What, what brought you to that point? Can I remember that? Hmm. Heck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this is, this is funny. Uh, just overall, like, uh, like it wasn't like purposely this, but, you know, going back to like, you know, uh, Boston, um, I think most of that we wrote during that really, really, really bad, terrible, awful, winter. shitty winter of, uh, 2015. So like we, when we listen back to like the masters, like we notice there's this like recurring theme of like, uh, like sunlight, you know, yeah. just being peppered in there and like, the, you know, just little, yeah, little like things like that. There's mentions of snow and there's mentions of the sun <laughs> yeah. and like there's yeah. stuff, there's a whole song, uh, you know, about, I mean, this, this isn't about us, but it was about somebody we knew who wanted to like, needed to kind of make a change and was thinking about to moving California. to California, you know? <laughs> um, so all this, yeah, like there, there was stuff that was going around that, that, you know, just from that winter and from, and from feeling like, you know, something new needs to happen. Yeah. And I, I was going to say too, like, I think, uh, actually, uh, part of this too is like, I realized, like, I think someone had mentioned this to us or like when, when uh, you know, like our records like tend to be like on the downer side of things, yeah. but like, sort of like a little, uh, you know, like if, if there's going to be a choice of which road to take, it's going to be like the, the darker. Right. <laughs> the right. Darker. <laughs> so I think like kind of, you know, subconsciously at least, like we tried to do something a little more like optimistic sounding. All right. Uh, but you know, without being too like you know, hooray. Yeah, I mean, I think we're way too like cynical to be too. Yeah. You know, it's never gonna. It's not gonna be posy vibes, bro. Yeah. But it's you know, it's it's gonna be like. I think it's just it actually it's quite indicative. I think of where we are now. It's like I think maybe not everything in our lives is a steaming pile of garbage right now. So <laughs> that must be a nice good. feeling to have. Yeah. yeah, I would like things, that. Things are okay. <laughs> I, I got here's something I realized that like for a while, especially with all that depression from the weather and all that sort of thing, it's like I'm I'm kind of like I have to just think about it a different way, even if I'm lying to myself, so that <laughs> I can get through it, so that I it can be better. Right. And then because yeah. I really feel like there's this point where like when you're young and you're in your early twenties and kind of anything fucking seems possible and you. You're not really accountable for anything yet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of just feel like everything's ahead, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then you're kind of like, well, fuck, I don't know if it is, you know. <laughs> and then you kind of get through this thing, and and then I'm just kind of like, I used to be kind of like a more, I mean, I guess positive, but co positive sort of person, and like, and this other person that I met that's like really negative is not really me either, and I don't fucking have the goddamn endurance for that because it is exhausting to be that fucking negative it is uh, you know? <laughs> and so i was just like fuck this man like nothing matters anyway just fucking 
just go for it, like, you know. So, so would you say you came out the other end of the uh, the? the... I you no, saw, I think uh... I think I just realized that I was right. Nihilism and absurdism was, is the way to go. I was going to say it's enlightenment <laughs> through nihilism. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I just needed to remember that that's what I believed in. So. You, Far out, man. you can use that as an album title if you want, Enlightenment Through Nihilism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that, that album would be called Fuck It. Yeah, fuck it. Well, bowling. Yeah, I did, I did want to call this album uh, Yes Always, uh, which I think would have fit with this sort of posy thing, but mainly it's like uh, we had this like running joke about the uh, Orson Welles uh, outtakes uh, for, for the, uh, oh, is it like the, the Frozen Peas uh, oh, yeah. commercial? Right, right. Or it's just like him, you know, like not able to like really read the copy, you know, and you know, the guy the engineer's like, Oh, I'm sorry, Orson. He goes, Yes, always. <laughs> well, hold on. I'm, the old people here are confused. I, I know who Orson Welles is, but he, there's a, he did like a commercial for frozen peas or something. Yeah, yeah. look it look it up. If you uh, and there was actually like an entire uh pinky in the brain bit where uh you know, they, they just basically mimic that, but like they, they without all the fucks and shits and right. You know, yes, uh, yes, I see. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 as right. always. Okay. Yes, Pinky. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like a four minute long. Like just look up like Orson Welles. Yes, always. It's amazing. Okay. It's just, and he was clearly like pretty drunk or something. You know, oh like, yeah. Yeah, like never in all of Shakespeare would I direct someone this way. Yeah, like drunk, straight <laughs> face, like amazing. Yeah. How could, you know, like, it, it's just like even little things like they're asking him to emphasize, like, in the phrase, like, in July, it's like, well, put the emphasis on in. And he's just like, how the fuck would I put the emphasis on in, in, in July? That's, Who says in July? Yeah. <laughs> if, you could, if you could tell me how to do that, I'll go down on you. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we were just, like, listening to that, like, the entire recording process with Benny, just to, like, you know, yeah. off scene. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, did you decide on a title for this record? We did, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's final, final, but um, I'll tell you off the air. But you know. yeah, okay. We'll tell you off the record. Off yeah. the record. Yeah, off the record, not on the record. Off, off the record. <laughs> um, off, off. That's the name of the record. Off the record. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Who's on first? <laughs> so, uh, what's this uh, record sound like? Is it um, a departure in any ways, or is it just an evolution of your? You guys have, I was I always consider you to have kind of a throwback sixties R and B soul sound. Um you probably don't describe yourself that way, I don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think that's that's close, you know. I mean it's definitely a lot of the stuff on the new record has that bent with like a bigger like you know, like I said, there's a whole horn section on a lot of these tracks. Um there's a, you know, like I said, it's it's bigger and grandiose, right? Like mm -hmm. um there's like strings and like horns. Yeah, some of the songs have like almost like a Phil Spector West Coast vibe. Some of them definitely have a Muscle Shoals, um, you know, a vibe. Uh, and you know, then there's 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 a few songs that maybe sound a little bit more modern than that. Um, but it's it's just a big record. It's kind of like it's big and and bright. Is kind of how I think about it. Um, there's just a lot sort of happening on it, right? But it's definitely in that vibe of what you described. Like, there's there's still a lot of, like, the soul element in there. Um, there's, there's a reference to the room buried in there somewhere. <laughs> the room? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not totally not room, but the, no room. the no room. room. Yeah. Just have to make sure, because people get confused. 
Yeah, there's a, I, I forget where in the song. It's the song uh, Oh Danny. And uh, we had Charles uh, somewhere in there just go, oh, hi, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I forget where it is, but it's, like it's buried in there. It's yeah. an Easter egg. Uh, that's something for the listeners to look out for. There you go. Yeah. That's good. What's the story? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what are you guys listening to now? Anything uh, constantly on your speakers? Uh, I mean, obviously, we've been binging on the Noel Gallagher record. Uh, yeah. That kind of disrupts our, our listening. It's like, oh shit, we gotta listen to this all the time. Yeah, I mean, um, that record is definitely a big record. Um, right now and so is uh, we've just been kind of going back to a lot of bowie stuff i don't i don't know if this is just like you know post-traumatic january <laughs> death yeah. order or something but like i i just over and over the holidays we were listening to a ton of bowie yeah um and then we just ended up buying a bunch of bowie records and we've been listening to hunky nori a lot yeah um uh hooray for the riffraff uh, navigator is an amazing we still amazing play that record. we still play that yeah. uh laura from uh, or the minor birds if uh, she put out um well, yeah. Uh, be here now. Uh, that record's great. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, that. Um, I don't know, man. So you want to talk about how Blur is better than Oasis? <laughs> uh, I reject the premise. Uh, <laughs> our, uh, our our friend uh, Tom uh, Tom Stewart, he was in a Cold Blood Club. We have this like sort of back and forth about this because he he's definitely like a Blur person and we're we're the oasis to that <laughs> and, uh which which kind of it's funny because it, it sort of if you look at it as, as a broad thing uh like you look at damon alburn and he's like he has like a band for every little thing that like piques his interest whereas like oasis was like only this one thing going and they did like a couple different things and i feel like that's like very much us it's like well why wouldn't we just fold that into a loud because like coming up with a band name is like, pain in the like, and he's just like got like eighty different things going on, yeah. Yeah, but he's he's pretty fucking awesome. I like him a lot, though. Damon yeah. Albert. I I really respect what he kind of. I mean, he just seems so musical, right? Like you've got artists who like just seem like they maybe were artists and don't really do anything anymore now, and then you've got people who just don't stop working right. and yeah. so driven, just keep making stuff every day, and that's that's just what. I mean, that just sounds like heaven. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's the thing of like, you know, don't tell me what you're doing. Just show me what you're show doing. Me. Yeah. Show, right. me. show me. Show me. Show <laughs> me what you got. Oh, I want to ask you about the virtual reality stuff. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of ignorant about virtual reality. Like, I've tried it on a friend's phone. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm like, confessing to drugs. I only tried it one time <laughs> at a party. Uh, I didn't inhale. I didn't <laughs> inhale. <laughs> they kept my eyes closed. <laughs> Yeah, All of those things. The tip doesn't count. The tip always counts. The tip always counts. Uh, <laughs> so what's uh, you guys? You guys have done a few videos, right, for virtual reality yeah. stuff platforms. Yeah, in, in keeping with the drugs theme, uh, this is something we sort of fell into. We didn't. Uh, <laughs> we didn't mean to get into that, but here we are. Um, no, yeah, we uh, yeah we we partnered up with this uh, company called Acid VR. Yeah, more drug stuff. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, it's it's cool. So they they they're sort of launching this platform that it's uh, it's virtual reality stuff, but it's like more. It's definitely geared toward like music and like yeah. you know the bands and you know. Music well, it's so like stuff. fans can like use yeah. that technology to sort of um, you know like be in the rehearsal space with the band. You put the camera down, and you know yeah. when it does, it's like it just 
and you know, so you know this from having used it, but it captures the entire room, and you right. can turn around and and you know, it's boom. Like there's Charles. Right. It's what? like you were in the room. Whoever's to <laughs> the left of you is now in front of you, right? So yeah. whatever. So it's it's figuring out how to use that in the most effective way. That's what we've been kind of like messing around with. And so what we did when we did the tour from Boston to LA when we moved is we did a tour diary and that seemed to work really well with that stuff. So it was kind of like you were sitting, it's almost like you were the fire in the campfire and sitting around, yeah. you know, with us telling you what happened the, the night before. And so, you know, we could be at the, like wherever we were crashing that night in the morning, telling you about whatever, or in the van, you could be in the van with us. Or one time we set it up where we were, we were loading in at the club for that night and there was a pool table, so we put the camera in the middle of the pool table, and we're, you know, telling you what happened as like, you know, pool balls are flying by you, and yeah. you know, shit like that. And totally did not knock into the camera at all. <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen. Right. So it's it's like behind the scenes stuff mm -hmm. that it's like really good for, but you can also, you know, it's cool to get like kind of performances, like acoustic performances and things like that. Um, it gets a little more complicated when you want to do full-on music videos. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's possible, you know what I mean, but you definitely need a little, a little more help with yeah, you know, that right. sort of. Aspect. I feel like that's still uh, that's still like new ground that people are kind of figuring out right. how to effectively use that. Media. Yeah, you know, in like a narrative storytelling way, it's still figuring itself out. I in a very documentary sort of way, it's pretty effective. Yeah, yeah, because the problem with like uh, more narrative stuff, and there are people that are out there doing cool stuff with this but you know because the camera's like there right it's like static it's like you know after 30 seconds it's like okay the fuck what the fuck am i and, and, and people yeah. don't really know yeah. that they can like you know kind of turn yeah, around yeah. and do something so it's right. still finding its footing i think in that sense yeah but when you can just kind of be a fly on the wall yes yeah. it's pretty it's pretty ideal for that sort of scenario yeah oh, yeah that's cool I, it's, stuff. it's one of those technologies that's not quite mainstreamy enough for me to have. Like, right. I need, yeah. I need it to be on sale. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just have to wait yeah, for I, it. And that's like the goggle stuff. Honestly, like, you know, when we sell this in the Allow store, is uh, they've got these cardboard viewers where you just put your phone into the viewer instead of like buying the goggle set, you know? Oh, yeah. Really? yeah. So the cardboard viewers are like, you know, they're like 15, 20, 20 bucks, something yeah. like that. Um, so really, really easy to buy, and like you just, you know, it, you snap your phone into it, and you use that. You, you just hold up the the cardboard thing to your eyes, like a like a set of, I don't know, kind of like three D glasses, like a you know, except the, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a Viewmaster, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and and you can see do it that and whatever, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, where where can people find this again uh, at aloudmusic.com? Uh, Wait, no, what's... don't don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> Wait, what's... If you go to allthingsallowed.com and click on the store tab, you'll find it in there. Yes, yeah. allthingsallowed.com for all of your allowed yeah. needs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was your pitch. Yeah. <laughs> so there, yeah, we so we got the goggles over there and, and, and a bunch of other shit that we're like, trying to sell. Like music. Like music. Like music. Like music. <laughs> t-shirts and totes. Yeah. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll have t-shirts and totes. They'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna put it out before midnight. I'm just kidding. It's gonna be probably. Goddamn son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna fuck me on this. You'll be you'll be you'll be releasing another record before. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you are posting this podcast, right? <laughs> eventually, probably. Yeah, that was the other thing about the record that kind of for a minute, at least for me anyway, it was just kind of like, oh shit. Uh, was yeah. So we finished recording that record. Uh, like in, I think it was like 
or, or like the bulk of it, like in August mm. of 2016. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we thought, you know, there's no fucking way Trump is going to be president. This record's so optimistic. And it's just like, you got, we got through all this shit. And then uh, we were actually hanging out with Benny the night of the election. And, you know, that all kind of went south pretty quickly. And yeah. This thing of like, fuck me, man. Like, can we release this record? <laughs> it's pretty good. When now we got to deal with like president racist grandpa. For <laughs> how long the record that you make in four years now is going to be so dark and emo and goth. <laughs> <laughs> he broke our spirit. Yeah. It is funny yeah. though, because a lot of these songs kind of started dealing, you know, kind of have a focus of like some of the things that were popping up. Like, you know, there's a track that like when all that Bill Cosby shit came out yeah. and stuff, and that was before all that, that, is directly yeah. related to when that came out and that whole thing. And I, I, we were playing it the other day at a gig after, especially after all the Me Too stuff and everybody and everything has happened since Weinstein. Mm. And I turned around to the band and I was like, "Well, that turned out to be pretty goddamn prophetic, didn't?" It? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was, or, I was, you know, singing some of those lines and I was like, "Fucking hell!" <laughs> yeah. What did you know? Why didn't you tell us? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, man. Well, because we were trapped in the snow. We couldn't get out. It kind of refers to you know some kind of political situation. Or yeah. yeah. And there's Oh Danny is one of those two that's very you wouldn't think of it at all on the front of it. But so that stuff's peppered through the record. And I started thinking about it in a different way after we kind of you know got further and further away from November and January. And it was kind of like you know this is the ultimate fuck you. You won't fucking tell me to be shit. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, I was gonna say earlier. Uh, so our, our manager Charles was here for a uh, for a minute, and before he left, like we had already started, and he like whispers in my ear, he's like, "Trying to say fuck so much." <laughs> <laughs> fuck I that guy. I probably should have said something earlier, but. <laughs> it's all right. We don't we don't have a lot of kids. Well, I mean, we do stream it to some kindergarten classes, but they'll be fine. Well, they'll be okay. They're gonna find out sooner, fucking later. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about time they understand the real world. Yeah. First grade's not going to treat them nice. <laughs> it's true. It doesn't get any yeah. better. You're going to get in the first grade and that shithead Timmy? Yep. He's going to fuck you up, man. <laughs> he does all the time. <laughs> he's like 16. Yeah. Oh, he's been held back. He's been... <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Do we want to do toppings? Yeah. Let's talk yeah. toppings. Okay. Are you familiar with toppings? Toppings. 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 What's your favorite album from the 1970s? Topic. Or your favorite food to eat on top of pizza cheese? Topic. Chris and Tim are here to cater to your every need. Topic. In the vinyl pizza parlor, won't you take a seat? ask you a series of questions you have you have only one thing you can do and that's pick one answer your top that's what's topping your one i okay, i emphasize yeah. this because nobody ever right. nobody this ever is, follows that rule this is very clever pizza man yeah <laughs> all right so uh top album of all time top album of all time yeah what's your top album you're, you're making a musical pizza and you're putting I on mean, your topping. 
All right, well, I'm just going to go with the one I always go with because fucking hell, what a fucking choice to make. Uh, <laughs> It'll get worse. I, I'm going I'm to go with Revolver. By the Beatles. That's my time. Okay. Do you think uh, the Beatles were just ripping off Oasis? I yes. mean, duh, but like, I still <laughs> yeah. like them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a little derivative, but... It's a little derivative. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Henry, what's this? I'm going to go with my stock answer uh, in a similar vein. Uh, Tug of War, uh, McCartney's 82 album. We are so fucking not adventurous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> only, uh, and, and the nice thing about that record, apart from it, you know, I, it's a personal favorite. Uh, Ebony and Ivory is the last song on that album. So as, as soon as I hear the dick a doom I can just run to the turntable, hit stop. And then the record's over. You know, I don't have to like <laughs> skip in the. Uh, oh, God. But that's true. Yeah. You know, that aside. I bet they uh, did that on I, purpose. I, I, I would so. hope so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel bad because that song's like, yeah, you know, it's a nice like song about like harmony, but also it's a terrible it's song. Fucking sucks. <laughs> it's a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah, you know. Sorry, Paul. I'm sure you'll get over it. <laughs> he won't. If, if there's room for a subtopping, which there isn't, uh, yeah, no, you can't. Fuck you. You're, okay, subtopping. We have another. No, we have another category. He yes. says the one. The one. Yeah. It's time for the next okay. category. Your top artist, band or solo. See, this is the struggle. It's like there's the 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 answer that I want to give because like it's a personal whatever. Just then your, it's like obvious. Be, be your true self. Just be your true self. <laughs> my top artist um i mean honestly it probably is Noel gallagher mm. yeah i'm gonna go with that's my fucking thing right now that's fair no he's a very talented musician i you know that he's the kind of dude that i can kind of look back and be like you know you wrote all these great songs when you were young you had this iffy period in the middle and now when you're like old now like you're making what i think is like your best music so that's pretty admirable to still be like kind of in peak yeah. form in your 50s shit. So I'm that I think that's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> she's very emphatic. That's it. Don't question me. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, I'm gonna say dire straits. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I just wanted to throw a curveball in there. Uh, you know what? I like dire straits <laughs> and I like them a lot. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, no, you know what? You know what? Fuck that. Uh, Tom Petty. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a real good one. Tom Petty. Uh, there, there's actually a... a Wait, this is like personal favorite yeah, artist, right? Uh, this is what no, Tom... Saying? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm saying anyway. Um, no, no, no. But I, this, is, this is the category. Yeah, it's just your yes. top artist. Yeah. Uh, Tom Petty. Uh, so my, my dad, like when he took us to school, he made a mixtape of like Dire Straits. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Petty, so that, that's what... See, just to yeah. they think they're the same people. Remember that Tom Petty song, Walk Alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to buy his MTV. Oh. <laughs> so he would he would make these mixtapes of... Uh, it was like Tom Petty, The Wilburys, George Harrison, Bob Dylan, uh, and Dire Straits. And my mom... Like, he would, it would never leave the, 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 the deck. Yeah. And my mom like, oh, great. We're listening to the fucking Anemia Brothers again. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, Tom Tom Petty, uh, you know he he was kind of like a, a an inspiration to me 
growing up without even realizing it because he was always, you know, his music was always just kind of there yeah. and uh and chris you've, you've spent some time in florida I, I've, I've lived in gainesville just like Tom uh, Petty. Yeah. right yeah yeah um but my sister lives there and she told me like the the mural they have there they, they usually clean that off when it gets like graffitied or whatever yeah. they, they did a thing for tom petty and it's still up apparently so that's you know uh that's there cool but um yeah like you know so just growing up in florida there are not that many Floridians to like look up to, let alone musicians, and let alone musicians who write the most amazing fucking songs. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna say that guy. Um, That's a good choice. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, and you know, I'm gonna throw out there that Walls uh, is probably one of the greatest songs. It ever is. Written. And you know what? When he died, that's one of mm-hmm. the songs that a lot of people started posting. And I mean, I love it. I I, I like the whole album. Uh, the She's the One soundtrack. Um, yeah. But I. With the exception of a few people, like I never knew anybody else even knew that song. Like it didn't right, like, right. And no, I was like, "Oh, everybody works. likes this song." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, amazing, amazing song. Yeah, just like and it's like that that you know in that song. I mean, this is this is all the lyrics. He's like, it walks that line of like you know exactly what the next rhyme is going to be in the next line. Yeah. But when it comes, it just like it just hits you like a ton of bricks. You know, like that that line of. Uh, uh, you know, half of me is ocean, half of me is sky. You know, it's just yeah. like, kick to the chest, man. It's like the delivery, you know? It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's, he's yeah. another guy who just didn't stop, you know? He had that drive to keep right. making music, yeah. you know? Like him, like David Bowie's another one like that, you know? I mean, it, all those guys, like... You can only pick one topping, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that he's my top no, person. We've, we've closed the menu. If there was a category of, like, objectively made was the top artist i might say david bowie okay <laughs> the door dash has already been put in it's <laughs> all right what's next all right uh top band not in the hall of fame the zombies oh, yeah, that's, good. that's good that's good that's good uh zombies easily Zombies are great. Yeah, no, they're great. I'm glad. I'm glad that they made. They've made like a comeback. Like people are finally recognizing, kind of their genius. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Great records, great tunes. They're great live. They're yeah. still really good. Henry, you're on the um, spot. Henry. Henry. Shit. Uh, I was gonna say Nina Simone, but I guess she got inducted this past year. Oh, uh, you fucked. Yeah. So, you know, go Boston. The cars. Oh, there you go. I don't know. Uh, Are the cards going in this year? Yes. Oh! (laughs) Uh, You need to find more recent uh, article. Yeah, yeah, hang on, hang on. on. Uh, Rush? (laughs) 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 I mean, I I don't like Rush, but uh, a lot of my friends do, and I I just feel bad that they're just, like, sad. So I'm going to say Rush. Oh, what a good friend you You are. There's like when yeah. someone's like, oh, can I get, can we get like half the pizza with like, uh, what's a, what's a bullshit topping? Uh, <laughs> For Tim, it's onions. Uh, Tim doesn't get onions. Right. No. So we don't. <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll say Rush. Yeah, hey. Okay, whatever. Now you have to defend some, that choice. <laughs> well, some, some people choose free will. Uh, <laughs> All right, fly by night away from I here. I choose Rush. <laughs> <laughs> Are Rush uh, really not in the Hall of Fame? My um, my choice is going to be way more obscure than Rush. <laughs> I mean, I didn't double check on that, but right. twenty minutes. Rush gap. was inducted in twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. 
What about yeah. is okay. is uh, is Sister Rosetta Tharp in the Hall of Fame? Oh, she is not. There She's not. All right, there you okay. go. Yeah, fuck yeah. Rush. Sister Rosetta Tharp. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I think she did an album with Rush. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think that. <laughs> yeah, the prog rock one. Right? Yeah. Uh, no, Charles. Uh, we, we had put together some like playlists because you have to do this as a band in 2018. Yeah. Or whatever. Put together playlists, uh, which. Which I enjoy a lot. It's great. It's it's awesome to be doing things that have nothing to do with making music. Uh, it's true. Yeah, it's it's the best. It's it's what I wanted to do. Oh my um, god, get to it already. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I'd never heard of Sister Rosetta Tharp and Charles Had, and I was watching like a video. He's like, oh, check this shit out. It's like fucking a man. She basically invented like rock rock guitar. You know, yeah. She had an SG, which is fucking sweet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the fact that she's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is complete horseshit. Yeah, that's pretty tragic. Oh. There you go. Okay. Right. Yeah, there you go. Ready? Last one. Uh, I yeah. she's dead, by the way. Uh, I just want to throw that out there. This isn't like a Frederick Douglass. <laughs> 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 hopefully, hopefully, our audience is sophisticated enough to know that you know that she's not alive. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? We'll leave the clarification in. Never. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to make sure. All right. So. This is the hard one. Top pizza topping. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your um, top pizza topping? Top pizza it's topping. Absolutely pepperoni. It's classic. It's classic. That's all I ever want. A lot of people um, try to be obscure, though. Yeah. What was that? What was that place um, in in uh, Somerville? And uh, it was it a one. Yeah. Their sopressata. The sopressata is really good. Yeah. Fucking amazing! I don't know what that means. Um, it's it's a cousin to pepperoni, yeah. basically. Ah. It's, it's cousin to pepperoni. <laughs> another cured meat. This is another cured uh, meat. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it's meat that listens to the cure. It's, it's just a <laughs> also, also not in the Hall of Fame. Also not. Whatever. You would understand this topic. <laughs> fucking conformist. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like since since uh, Charles gave me the note about like don't say fuck like now I'm just like. Like a chicken, like the fuck chicken. He's, he's gonna be so disappointed in us. We can no. we just go through and censor you. The radio edit. Perfect. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. Um, give my yeah, love to sorry, the senator. Uh, sorry, I said fuck so much, uh, but <laughs> I don't think you said it enough. We'll probably add some in. All right. I'll talk Thanks. to you later. Thanks for listening to the Vinyl Pizza Podcast with your host, Tim Slusher and Chris Fullerton. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We'd love to hear your listener comments or questions. You can leave us a message on the website, vinylpizza.com. I was going to go with Paula Abdul. Look, she was forever my girl. Uh, she was straight up. <laughs> she did that song with a rapid cartoon cat, MC Scat Cat. I think that was the name. Yeah, I think that is it. Which is not a cat that you poop on. (laughs) Tell me, does does shit stick to your fur? (laughs)